Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, Radio Newark Sport becomes a holiday show. I'm Mick Bradley, he's Gareth Bagley and we are live on FM, DAB, online around the world and on Instagram. Yes, you are listening to the renowned Radio New York Sport. And these are some of the young names in the news. Gold again for Fernwood Sword Club's Arthur Eakin in the under-14 men's foil in the second event of the 2020 Youth Series in Harrogate. New York Rugby Club's Will Ellison played in the NLD under-20s team against Leicestershire on Sunday alongside ex-Kellum Road players Finn Tweedy and Will Helliwell. To football and a point for Farndon Colts in the battle of the bottom two in the Knotts Youth League Under-18 Premier Division. The match ended two each, with Farndon having no less than three players sent off in the last ten minutes. In Division 1, second place Newark could only draw against Loudham, the team's sharing six goals, and Ryan Atwood was the hero for RHB Colts as the under-16s beat Dunkirk 4-3. Gary's son with a hat-trick. Back to rugby and a big win for the senior youth. 45 points to 7 at Sleaford. But not, but not such good news for the under-15s with a heavy defeat to Corsairs at the Magnus in the NLD Cup. Mr Staniforth will not be happy. A couple of weeks ago, Sport HQ had a visit from the youngsters of New York Castle Archers. So it's good to report of gold medals for both Kyan and Taylor at the Sherwood Open. And the Grove Squash Club are holding an event tomorrow evening as part of a global initiative for International Women's Day. The evening runs from 7.40 to 8.20 at the Sports and Fitness Centre on Bowbridge Road and activities include social games and coaching with the three club coaches. No previous experience of squash is required and all equipment will be provided. All they ask is you turn up in the correct indoor footwear. Have a pop down. Why not? Be a cracking evening. And finally, Collingham have been drawn away to Staveley or Retford United in the semi-final of the Floodlit Cup. It couldn't really be any harder than that for them. Lauren Owens and Graham Welsh to come on the phone, plus our studio guests as we talk holidays. But first of all, with Gareth, the uh, the back pages. And England could be eliminated from the Women's T20 World Cup without a ball being bowled, with heavy rain forecast for the semi-final on Thursday. England are set to face India in the last four in Sydney. However... Tropical Storm Esther is expected to bring rain for most of Thursday and with no reserve day in place for the semi-finals, India will progress if no result is possible as they were the Group A winners where England come second in Group B. 
So you've got a World Cup of a sport that, if it looks like raining, is called off, and you don't have a reserve day. Seems ridiculous. A uh, bit harsh if you've made the semi-final and then, uh, you know, you can't do anything about it. Um, I'm surprised they haven't got a built-in for that to, to uh, be played on another day. I blame the Australians, and it won't be for the first time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's the only country that's ever deported two back, <laughs> and we've got them in the studio! <laughs> <laughs> England prop Mako Vunapola has gone into self-isolation for the coronavirus precaution and he will not face Wales in the Six Nations on Saturday. He was named in the 34-man squad on Monday, um, but the Rugby Football Union said he did not come into camp after travelling through Hong Kong on his return from Tonga over the weekend. He's not in the camp on medical grounds. He's not sick, it's just a precaution. Um, <laughs> are we going over the top? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely over the top. You know. <laughs> I can't see that just passing through an airport is uh, deems that to put yourself in isolation. Football authorities have held about- <laughs> talks with the UK government and public health experts over contingency plans to play matches behind closed doors if the coronavirus outbreak escalates. One senior football source said such a measure was a possibility, but weeks rather than days away. For now, it's business as usual. The UEFA president, of course, said there's no need for panic. Let's be optimistic. Let's not think of dark scenarios. Quite rightly as well. But as some of them matches, you ought to be playing them behind closed doors. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I did I did find mildly amusing in, 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 in all this, and it, OK, the current virus is very serious, but at one stage last week they were talking about they may have to just call a halt to the Premier League and uh, Liverpool would not be crowned champions. And I just <laughs> found that, that... I just appealed to my sense of humour, that one did. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, back to cricket, and uh, Viat Kohli, the Indian captain, has criticised his team for skirting around questions about his own... on And he's skirted around questions about his own on pitch behaviour as New Zealand completed a 2-0 test series victory in Christchurch and um, we were completely outplayed in the series he said Coley whose top score was 19 in four innings we were not positive enough we were not brave enough no because that's because you're not bothered about test cricket anymore because you're only bothered about circus cricket unfortunately that's where they pick up the big books isn't it it is and you know it's just me and sir jeffrey who think this way but you know we do have a point and finally to football and the breaking news is that in the nations league england have been drawn with belgium denmark and iceland in league a wales will face the republic of ireland finland and bulgaria in league b while northern ireland are grouped with austria norway and romania Scotland once again play the Silly Isles, the Isle of Man, the Isle of Wight, and a little rock sitting somewhere off Scotland, otherwise known, <laughs> otherwise known as the Czech Republic, Slovakia, and, 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 and Slovakia. Now, yeah, I mean, Scotland and about the Isles of Silly just about match each other when it comes to football. And he's not going to be allowed to moan back tonight. No, he's on a, just a sitting brief tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Right, um... Two of our wonderful friends of this show, wonderful friends of the running scene in Newark, deserted us um, for what seemed an eternity as they jetted off to Australia and to New Zealand. And as I've already said, 
Ernie Clark has become the first person ever to be deported back to England. <laughs> um, but Australia's losses are gain, and with his wife Catherine, they both popped into the studio to to see us now. Um, fresh from their tour of the world, hopefully coronavirus free. Um, that's I why. Hope I, so. That's why I've sat him next to Gareth um, <laughs> to tell us not only about the trip there, because of course if Ernie's involved, it can't just be a holiday, can it? You've got to have some sport, and the sport that he went to see, Whitley dragged his wife along. Part run, Australia Open, Big Bash, they went to see it all. But first of all, let's turn this show into the holiday programme for a few minutes. And uh, holiday of a lifetime, yes? It was indeed. The reasons why? Um, Well, we went to Australia to see Adam, our son. He's been living out there for uh, a year now um, with his girlfriend uh, in Melbourne. Um, They've both got jobs enjoying the lifestyle so they wanted us to go over and and see them and uh, we spent two weeks with them and thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and we were very well looked after mick as well are they is is he stopping out there permanently well they've gone for two years initially and then they will have the option to extend it by another two years so that will make four and then after that, if they want, they will be able to apply, as the rules stand at the moment, for permanent residency, or PR, as they call it. And then that means they'll be able to stay in New Zealand, uh, in Australia or, or come back. or it, it just gives them another, you know, uh, dimension, really, another option as to what they want to do in the future. Because we're not talking about sport at, at the moment, it, one, one thing that's always intrigued me, because I've never been in that position, my, my, mm-hmm. my daughter has lived in Germany and she's lived in yeah. Newcastle, and actually, <coughs> but it's all gettable fairly easily. What's it like for a mother when a son pops home and says, oh, by the way, mum, I'm moving to Australia? <laughs> Well, I've I've always said from when, you know, the three children were very young that I'd be quite happy whatever they wanted to do. We would never stop, you know, in their way and, you know, wherever they wanted to go, we would be quite happy because it would provide a nice holiday destination <laughs> to go to. <laughs> so, um, Deep so, down? Um, well... The year has just flown so quickly that, um, uh, you know, can't believe really that they've been away for a year. And of course, with, you know, Facebook and um, FaceTime them. This is where social media comes into its own, isn't it? Uh, This is the good side of social Uh, media. Well, exactly, because we also went to New Zealand to see um, quite a lot of my family because um, back in the 1930s, a part of the family emigrated to New Zealand because they were offered sections of land um, which they could, um, uh, you know, develop as farmland. So they went off in the 1930s and obviously at that time um, there was no such thing as, as FaceTiming. So once they boarded the ship, um, they, they had gone. So, um, you know, it... It is in the family that various members have travelled, but nowadays, um, you know, 
quick flights. Uh, well, not not that quick, but <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, even the long flights, they made it all worthwhile to go and see the youngest. But we, obviously, we were thinking about our other two children back over here uh, with the terrible weather. And when we landed in Melbourne, um, it was absolutely pouring down. You could hear it off the plane. And um, uh, we thought, we haven't come all this way for rain. But then when we saw a poster in the the airport saying that water is one of the most um, precious um, uh, items... uh, we thought, well, we don't begrudge you the rain. But after that, the weather was fantastic. It, it picked so up. It did indeed. It picked up and, yeah. and, and was absolutely lovely. It was. Um, Ernie, um, the, one of the stories I do hear, though, is that you go all the way to the other side of the world to see your son, and he decides to go to Chernobyl. That was, uh, that was Alistair, our middle son. Yes, he, he was looking after the our cats and the house, and... Uh, off he went to Chernobyl, and Philippa had to take over. So, so uh, what, 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 why did he decide that once you two had disappeared off the face of the scene, sort of thing, he left him with a job to do, and then he de- decides to... I mean, you know what your cats are now, because they're the ones that's glowing as they're walking around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it was quite a surprise to us. They'd, they'd seen the TV programme and were fascinated by it, and so him and three friends, off they went. And came back. And came back. <laughs> 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 well, and came back, and the other, and, and the cats now glow in the dark. But you know, <laughs> any sort of apprehension about jumping on a plane and flying to the other side of the world? Um, we had been to New Zealand before, so we were aware that it was a long, a long flight. Um, I'm not. I don't mind flying, but uh, the seats get very uncomfortable after a while and can't sleep and, yeah, it's uh, it's not the best experience. But if you want to go to these places, you've just got to put up with it for 24 hours. So what was it then? The stopover were? Uh, we stopped over in Abu Dhabi on the, on the way and had two nights there. That was fascinating. How's the other half live, eh, Gareth? <laughs> And then we flew to Melbourne and arrived on on the Thursday. So we left Newark on the Sunday, stayed overnight at Heathrow, two nights in Abu Dhabi and then Melbourne Thursday morning to I've the heard, rain. I've heard from countless people that Park Run is, is it's been that quiet, they end up having to cancel it <laughs> in his absence. <laughs> <laughs> to the to the rain in Melbourne, then it was a bit of sightseeing in Melbourne. <coughs> we'll come to yes. the sport in a few minutes. Okay, okay. Bit, a bit of sightseeing in, in Melbourne. Yeah. See, see the family. We did. And then jet off to, to New Zealand. We also went to Adelaide because I have a cousin in uh, li- living just outside Adelaide. So we stayed with her for two days. And you didn't then, do bad Adelaide, and then did you went really? Ba- I know, I know. We, um, <laughs> it's it's really down. quite lucky when you've got family and friends living <laughs> on the other side of the world. Who so, did you have in Abu Dhabi? <laughs> no, we didn't have anybody oh. in Abu Dhabi. Hotel um, bill for you there, really. <laughs> Sponsored, probably. <laughs> we had a lovely room and it had got two queen beds in, which I think are... <laughs> 
slightly bigger than a double bed, but not as big as a king-size bed. <laughs> so we made uh, maximum use of the facilities and we had a bed each. <laughs> <laughs> and here's me thinking it was a romantic holiday. <laughs> a bed each. <laughs> If you had to choose then, New Zealand or Australia? Um, I really liked Australia. I, I liked Melbourne in particular because it was so lively and so easy to, to get round. And obviously our son was there. But uh, New Zealand is really uh, it's really pretty and clean and uh, easy to get around. Long distances for Ernie to drive, to drive me around. No potholes. No potholes. No potholes. <laughs> I, I like them both. I really like them both. So, uh, you know, they're, they're quite quite different in some ways, but then... Do they drive the on the correct side of the road or the incorrect side of the road? The correct side. Oh, it makes it a bit easier then. It does. Left, so, right-hand drive, correct side of the road. What, what were you yeah. driving around in? A, uh, well, I think it was okay. dropping to pieces at one stage. <laughs> but uh, the biggest problem I had was the nearly all automatics over there. And you don't uh, drive automatic? No. No. So it takes it, some getting used to. It took me a little while to get used to it. I think we only went through the windscreen twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, once it got going, it was mm. it was fine. We took Adam and Hannah over with us as well for a few days. They, they came to Auckland with us. Then we took them down to Rotorua, went in the Polynesian spas, up the mountain, went for a walk and met three llamas. It was uh, quite an adventure. Yeah. As you do, as you do, but it sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, we're, going to we're going to talk about the sports side of it um, in a couple of minutes, but first we're going to catch up with Lauren. We haven't got both the twins tonight because one of them is away on a university watcher, so we're going to try and catch up with Lauren. Okay, to the telephone lines, and we're going to catch up with Lauren with all the New York Athletic Club news. Lauren, it's all yours. Um, so last weekend we had some excellent performances from the sports hall and we had 16 athletes, so it was a great turnout. So well done to all of them and a big, especially well done to Zoe who collected her awards for breaking the four-lap record and she also gained athlete of the match. So well done to her and we hope to see all the athletes competing in April at the outdoor season. And then finally we also had um, a big well done in the t um, 10K. We had Jan Bailey who ran in 33 minutes and he came 71st male but he was the fourth um, vet 45 we had Carl Braithwaite who ran in time of 41-18 and he was 224 but he was the eighth male for vet 50 um, and that was at the Trafford 10k so well done to both of those so it was a bit of a quiet weekend last weekend but there is more to come and, and the, more, the more to come is that Big Sister's been touring the States Yes, yes, he's been to um, New York. They had a um, a competition in Boston, and then they went to watch the the athletics, like the um, sprinting team, a competition in New York, and they had to go on a nine-mile-long run. So Amber made the other two drag around New York on their long run so she could see some of the sights, which was nice. So um, um, Amber's there in New York. Tilly's yeah. off touring the country on university watching... You're just left in Newark. I'm, I'm just stuck in Newark, yeah. Chili's in Essex. Amber's, Amber's in New York. Which I think she's back in Mount Olive now. And, I, and I'm still here. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's shocking, but uh, it won't be long before you're asking about... What What now? I take it it's just sort of 
training, training and more training ready for the summer season? Well, we actually have um, inter-counties this weekend at Fastwold Hall. So that's my last cross-country race of the season. Um, so that, that'll be good. So I'll be running for as Lincolnshire for that. So, and then that's me done till track. Uh, but at the end of March, it's um, the return of the New York Athletic Club Championships. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, what, what are you going for? hoping that there's a good you know good turnout of people and you know everybody just has some fun but i'll i'm not sure what events i'll do yeah <laughs> no knowing you lot some of everything yeah I'll, yeah well me and silly will probably split them between us <laughs> yeah yeah good stuff lauren enjoy yourself we'll catch up with you next week thank you see you later thanks bye-bye and it is those club championships which realistically are now less than a month away and it's the first club championships if you like on your own soil for um mm. shall we say a number of years a number of years yeah <laughs> a number of years but yes it's all been worked out by um results over the season you know and uh taking your best to run throw jump etc uh on you know what you've done at other meetings so this will be interesting with people competing against each other it's almost the end of the long road isn't it if, if you know the long road from going from having super facilities at the grove to those facilities deteriorating and then is up with no facilities at the grove and then being the best cross-country club in the world because you've got the fantastic facilities and now it's turned full circle again hasn't it and this is either the start of the next chapter or the end of yeah that chapter uh, i I turned up at the sports hall on Sunday because granddaughter suggested she might like to have a run. So, uh, of course, I got roped into helping as you, as you do. But uh, it was fantastic to have 16 kids. I mean, it must be seven or eight years since we got double figures of kids out for the sports hall. And uh, and that was without any, uh, uh, any under-15 boys or girls. So they're all under-13s and, and, and below and uh, so that bodes well going forward because uh, you know it, once you find that they get the taste for doing some competition then they egg each other on and uh, the 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 size of the the group should uh, should increase as we go into the summer so uh, and i know we keep we keep saying it and you know they, they, this is on on the back of what you've got at, at the sports village isn't it oh yeah absolutely yeah kids, and kids now want to be seen on them yes yeah and and the other thing is that we've uh, we've taken one or two of ernie's uh, people and some from striders and what have you but that also makes a difference because the kids then see adults running around and and there's there's something to aspire to to oh you don't just do this till you're 16 and then stop there's people older than that run so that that also has a knock-on effect but i mean that's a conversation that we've we've had with the the striders people that's in there we're just for two minutes now we'll just ask ernie's opinion of it because ernie you have lost some not fast members to newark ac that want to to go and compete um and and that that's the difference go um, go and compete instead of having the family type running club but to me it all seems to have been done correctly and in a good manner yeah i think it's great that uh, some have gone to basically better themselves we offer a certain level of running uh we try to improve that level to encourage more people to run faster but the ones have gone i think good luck to them 
they still keep coming back and running with us and it, it's a, it's a boost to the Newark running community that these these faster runners can improve all the time and and it's a, an inspiration to the rest of the clubs that these have gone and, and done that and fair play to them and good luck to I them. I just think it's wonderful the clubs can actually work work together and other sports can learn an awful lot from it. I'm Mick Bradley and you are listening to Radio Newark Sport live on FM and DAB with our friends at Smith's Timber who have supported this show from when it started five years ago. We are fantastic of, of them and great, great thanks. We wouldn't be able to do it without... Uh, without robert and um, we really wouldn't don't forget uh, if you miss any of our shows um simply go to the radio nook website look under the podcast section find sport and listen away the latest count was 512 i think so if you've ever get if you ever find yourselves in a two-week isolation that's what you should do play 512 radio newark podcasts that 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 really will help help you no end right let's talk sport australia um or all different things ernie um my first of the three subjects i've i've got is um is australia and we'll put australia and new zealand together for the sake of this are they as sports mad as what this country seems to be yes i think so uh it, it's just the same over there people enjoy all the sports uh Everybody gets involved, and and it's quite a a good culture over there. Same as over here, so it, it's just as good over here as over there, but it's a little bit warmer over there. <laughs> <laughs> what did I mean? You n- n- knowing you, you would have had the conversations. What did they make about the sandpaper gate and all all that sort of thing? Or because we made a great fuss of it, because obviously we thought we'd got one over on them. Um, whereas, you know, if you remember back to Michael Averton and his pocket full of soil, we're, you know, we're not really any better because they got caught. They don't mention it. No! <laughs> did you? Well, we didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might. But, uh, no, they, they take it in good good spirit and uh, we had quite a few laughs with it. So, you, you know, they're not as bad as people make out. We'll come back to cricket because I want to talk about park runs. Um, park runs we tend to think is a sort of a british thing but it's not it's a worldwide it's a worldwide thing and, and, and you both flew the not fast flag shall we say um over there so talk us first of all through the park runs that you did <clears throat> well it's quite amusing because we had our not fast vests on and uh it always caused the laugh when uh, we turned up with not fast vests on the first part win run we did was at, at studley uh, it's just outside Melbourne, a nice little out and back over a river, really nice. Uh, 332 people did it, and we came 218th and 219th, because we usually run together in case I get lost. <laughs> the, I'll leave him, I'll let him go on his own. <laughs> <laughs> they start at 8 o'clock, because this one was 25 degrees at 8 o'clock in the morning. And jokingly, the run director said to Cathy, we start at eight, so the snakes are still asleep. <laughs> oh, but that went <laughs> down well. <laughs> we didn't see any. No. Then you we, sort of hop round the course. <laughs> we didn't see any snakes, um, but we didn't get a PB. If it said that at the beginning, we might have run a bit faster. 
The second one we did was Albert Park Run in Melbourne. Now, 8 o'clock start, 30 degrees. <laughs> Very humid. Luckily, a one-lap course. We stood there waiting for the start, and a gentleman came up behind me and said, I bet you're glad you're not doing Newark three laps in this heat. A chap called Anthony Madge from Home Pier Point Running Club. <laughs> and he was there. He was there. So that stuffed your tourist as a day of war, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> he didn't have a not-fast vest on that. <laughs> I mean, there was comments as, as when we overtook a few people, not many, saying, huh, they're not fast. <laughs> um, but we were. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people, when um, they ran past us, they said, I love the name of that club. It sounds a really good club. And I said, it is. It's, uh, it's one of the best clubs uh, you could be a member of. So, um, the funny thing as well is both Adam and Hannah still have uh, Newark Striders as their club. So Newark Striders, every time they run, they get mentioned with, with Adam and Hannah running for Newark Striders. We then flew over to New Zealand, took Adam and Hannah with us, and we did one in Auckland called Western Springs, which is just outside Auckland Zoo. Again, we were stood there in our not fast vests, and a young lad came over and said, I nearly joined not fast. And we looked at him, and Adam looked at him, and Adam says, I've got you on Facebook. Yeah, and it was a chap called Sam Briggs from Dry Doddington. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's lucky, actually, you took the wife, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have been serious trouble. She'd have never believed me. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was three laps, and that, that was uh, very enjoyable. Nice it was. Yeah, mm. really nice one, that. <coughs> we then went up to... <coughs> the pronunciation's quite good. Fongaray. Fongaray, to meet uh, a friend who used to live in Claypole and stay with him, uh, Andy Mowat, and we dragged him out with us to do the park run. And it was the 40th celebration. And it's the first time they've had over 200 people. And we told them that it's because we were there that they got over 200. <laughs> and if you look on the, their Facebook page, there's one or two comments about, oh, look at him going past me with a not fast shirt on. <laughs> and then Andy told him, and he had a new hip a couple of years ago. And <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go pack in now then. <laughs> and our final one was in New Plymouth called East End. It's only a small one. It absolutely poured down with rain overnight. Six o'clock in the morning, it was pouring with rain. We got up thinking, we're going to get soaked here. Got in the car, drove to the park run. The sun came out. And it was the 22nd, and it was tutu day. So one of the people had tutus, and a dog had a tutu on as well. And uh, yeah. that was our fastest time. And we, there was about 100 did it, and we wanted to finish in the top okay. half. All right. Cathy <laughs> <laughs> got 49th, and I got 50th. So oh, job cracked, done. Cracked it then, hadn't you? But uh, it's just the same as the, the parks we've done in England. Everybody's so friendly and welcoming, and it's 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 terrific. It's really good. I was going to say that was the next question. Where what what was you made to feel welcome? And do you get the same? You know, have we got any tourists here? Comments and and, and, did, and did they? Was they sort of pleased to see? Yeah, they were, 
over the moon to see us. They had, uh, there's loads of photographs, loads of people taking photographs on, on the course, and their rule over there is if you're running along and you don't want your photograph taken, you make a cross on your hands and your photograph's not taken. Of course, we had to pose. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, if, everything else is the is the same. So it's just brilliant knowing that you know what happens in Newark and all the other park runs in England, where park run began, is just replicated abroad. And uh, you know, all park runs, it's so welcoming. Um, uh, you know, people come and have a word with you, and uh, you know, just happy for you to come and join there their group and uh, have a good time you see you see gareth's a park run convert mm-hmm. now because I, ca- I caught him running it the other week so you know it, for a long time he was he was a bit anti-park run was our gareth you know he had his sort of president's straw hat on and he was he was very sort of anti-park run but he's um he's succumbed to it haven't you well yeah i'd never totally anti it just <laughs> the, it's just that uh as I said before, it's the that they don't have to jump through the hoops like a normal club does when they want to put an event on. Um, but I've I've actually done a park run in uh, in Australia. I did the uh, I did the one on the outskirts of Broadbeach on the Gold Coast, and uh, that was a seven o'clock start. Again, it was twenty odd degrees, you know, but very accommodating. I didn't take my uh, uh, barcode with me, and I just said to the to the lady, "I'd like to run. I've come from the UK." Uh, I'm quite happy not to go through the finish line if that causes them, you know, messes up your system. She said, no, just go and tell the, the, the guy over there where you usually do your park run and uh, it'll all be sorted. So, yeah, I appeared in the results. and Got Some clever systems. Me, oh, and Tony would, me and Tony would struggle <laughs> on on that one. <laughs> you see, Newark is a slightly more sociable hour of 9 o'clock in the morning, but probably instead of 20 degrees, it's more like 2 degrees. Um <laughs> Right, let's talk tennis now, because you went, you went uh, and saw a bit of tennis as well. Yes, part of uh, the Christmas present from Adam and Hannah, they got us tickets to go and see the Australian Open. Uh, ground pass tickets. Are you so, a tennis fan? Yes, we enjoy, we enjoy tennis, and uh, it was quite an experience. We, uh, we didn't have tickets for the main court, you know, the Rod Laver and the Margaret Court, but there's the Melbourne Arena and all the courts on the outside. And it was the second Monday and the first... Oh, so you watch any Brits then? Well, <laughs> ah, <laughs> punish your mess, Dick. The first game we went to see was a men's doubles and it was uh, Ram and... John Salisbury. John Salisbury. And they won. And they went and won the title. And they won the doubles title, so there was a British yeah. success. Yeah. Salisbury was was British, wasn't he? Yeah. And yeah. Ram was uh, American. Yeah, and I mean won. Salisbury plays very well at that. I would have thought tennis is one of those. I mean, tennis to me is one of those sports where you you need a to play it to enjoy it. I think t- watching tennis on on television, I I, I struggle with, <clears> but being there at a major tennis event, one of the slams then I would have thought you get sucked into the atmosphere and everything. It was quite good. We we found that sitting at, at the side and watching the ball go backwards and forwards hurt your neck. So if you do go to tennis, I recommend you sit at the, you know, 
at the back in the of royal the court. box. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I tried to get in there, but they wouldn't let me. And because you can see the ball swerve and spin, etc., and is it, it's like when you go to a cricket game, you don't realise how far the slips and the wicket keeper are, are away from the wickets. With the tennis, you don't realise how fast they hit the ball, and the and the spin they put on the ball I, um, I have a theory Tony and I have muttered and mumbled about this countless times I think personally that particularly a male and I'm not being chauvinist but particularly a male tennis player has got to be one of the fittest sportsmen in any sport because if you're expected mm. to play five hours in at the Australian Open in 40 degree temperatures with some full not that far away from you hitting a tennis ball at 100 mile an hour at you <laughs> you have got to be some fit to keep that going you try That's running it. around albert park running 30 years <laughs> <laughs> well i would we've got a radio show to do that's my, that's my standard dance. but would you agree then a tennis player has, has, it's it's surprising if you look at the stats how they don't run that far but it's it short bursts you know, and and it is hard because hand-eye coordination, of course, with with the tennis, and that ball's coming quite quickly at you. But I, uh, I once, and it's spinning, and I once remember. And this is we'll go on to cricket now because I once remember going to Trent Bridge um, before going over to to see a Forest match, and Malcolm Marshall was bowling, and when the bowler was from the other end you saw it leave his arm and you followed it when Marshall bowled when his arm was at the top of his action the next time you saw the ball was when it's either missed or it hit it mm. because you did not see it it was that it was that fast and I think the same has got to be probably with a tennis ball yeah and you've got it's the just added, instinct you got the added thing of spin as well but the the, the serve is is the thing that the the top players always get back and you can see the top players their return of serve is their game yeah because once they get in the rally you know they usually win the rally but they've got to get the return of the serve back so it's, it's really interesting fascinating cricket are they um i have a great worry about cricket that test cricket is doomed probably apart from england and australia but the rest of Test cricket, to me, I mean, we just talked at the beginning there about New Zealand and India. Well, New Zealand are a decent team, but India should be better than getting beat 2-0 in New Zealand. I tend to think that a lot of these countries now have have gone over to what we awfully call white ball cricket. Where's Australia in, in all this? I think they, like me, as, as the people I spoke to, like all forms. I think... Australia and England, we fill the stadiums for test matches. Test matches, I think it's been proved over the summer when we played Australia. Test cricket can be just as exciting as a, a 20 over thrash, a 50 over, and now the new one called the 100. But is the MSG full when Australia play New Zealand or, or, or Pakistan at a test match? It, I think the crowds are around 60,000, But when England play, especially in the Christmas game, you struggle to get a ticket. So Test cricket is still thriving over there. And it's, it still has an interest like we have over here. 
but they all they like all all types of the game so there'll be a lot of people going i mean the final of the big bash was i think 80 odd thousand there which which is a good you know a good turnout uh so i think it is flourishing both test cricket and white ball cricket in both countries india perhaps with the uh ipl etc it is money based etc they were very slow in 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 looking at the review systems and things like that they seem to want it all their own way whereas you know england and australia and to a certain extent new zealand still like playing proper test cricket proper may it continue yes exactly long may it continue but i have my doubts that it will probably out of those three I, I do have I do have my dad. You went to see a big bash match. A big bash match. Yeah, we uh, we had the tour of the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground. So that was fascinating. Is that? I mean, we love Trent Bridge, and we do. We used to love Lords until they put that mm. space station on in there. Um, <laughs> what's their ground like compared to the lovely Trent Bridge? It's huge. It's ab- well, it was a hundred thousand. Uh, we went to a a game. It was uh, Melbourne Stars v Brisbane Heat, and it was uh, Brisbane Heat ha- had to win that to try and get through. But I think uh, Melbourne Stars were, had already qualified. There was twenty seven thousand there in a stadium that holds a hundred thousand. Melbourne Stars didn't play well at all. They, I mean, Brisbane Heat got under 86 and we enjoyed De Villiers knocking 71 in 30-odd balls. That was, a, that was a little treat. And they were all out for 115. And there was no real atmosphere because your stadium's 100,000. There's 27,000 there. It's only a third full. You go to Trent Bridge for a T20 game and there's 12, 13,000 there, and the place is full. The atmosphere is, is really good. And plus, they only played one verse of Sweet Caroline, which I think uh, <laughs> didn't help. Well, there you go. You see, the Australians, they're, they're a bit like the Americans. They try the best at sport, but never quite, they never quite get there. Right, so we've... The big boss of Newark AC in the studio. Two stalwarts are not fast in the studio. What do we do? Obviously, we talk to Newark Striders next. Okay, back to the phone lines, and every week we catch up with Graham to tell us all about Striders. I know Graham's out and about tonight, so let's see uh, if uh, we can get a good reception from uh, Graham Welsh on tour. Graham, good evening. Um, yeah, live from live from Exeter tonight, and uh, it was work for a few days. But uh, getting back to uh, Striders news. We had a really uh, eventful weekend. I think the main thing going, going on, certainly on Saturday, was the, the Beaver Challenge. And after all the rain that we've had in the last few weeks, um, it was certainly more of a challenge than even it usually is. It was a bit of a mud fest, and some of the pictures I've seen of it uh, sort of uh, have to be seen to be believed. They defy uh, any description of mud and uh, sludge and everything. But, uh, yeah, it comes in two flavours, the Beaver Challenge, as, it, as does the, uh, uh, that's quite a few less flavours than the uh, the cake that's there. But uh, 26 miles, uh, Ruth Mount Stevens, she's our first finisher in the 26-mile event, six hours, one minute and 58 seconds, so that's an absolutely fantastic time. 
uh, under any circumstances for the Beaver Challenge and uh, certainly under the uh, conditions that we had last weekend. Uh, well done, Ruth. Jason Cobb, 7 hours 14. Tom Jordan, 7 hours 57 in a big group with, amongst others, Philippa Clark, uh, 7 hours 57. So uh, I guess you're not becoming in the house with those uh, muddy shoes anytime soon. Um, other people, Stacey Atkins, I think it's number nine of her uh, 40 events this year, or two times 20. Um, that's uh, eight hours, 19 and 45 seconds for uh, Stacey. There were plenty of other finishes as well. In the 15-mile challenge, Emma Gilbert was our first uh, finisher. Three hours, 15 minutes and uh, one second. Ben Barnard next, uh, four hours, 31 minutes and 22 seconds. And uh, further down, we had Kath Scott, five hours, 17 minutes. Anthea Moisey, uh, again, the same sort of time. Uh, five hours, 17 minutes, coming in with uh, Lynn uh, Bobby as well. So people going around in groups is uh, understandable in, in that event. As I say, it's, uh, it's quite a social event, despite the conditions, so uh, plenty of uh, cake stops, and I uh, understand the cake was up to its usual standards this year. And it's not been unknown in previous years. I don't know where it was the case this year for the occasional uh, stop at a hostelry for a uh, isotonic sports drink or, or, or two on the way around, which explains a little bit, the, the range of times in, in the group there. Isotonic um, sports drink. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, well, beer apparently is it, it, isotonic. Uh, in a wine bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, it fortifies you on the way around anyway. But uh, none of that nonsense for me. You know you know me, I'm all about... Oh, the, I know you're different to that, Graham. Yeah, and I was down uh, uh, down in London uh, on Sunday for the... Uh, London Vitality Big Half, and somebody who could, I think could have coped with the Beaver Challenge, Ken Anita Bekele, 11 times uh, world cross-country champion, if you don't mind, and 5,000 and 10,000 metre world record holders. He was down there for the uh, London Vitality Big Half, as well as myself, 17,000 others, uh, and, and amongst the striders there, or the other striders there, were Nigel Driscoll and Kate Driscoll. So, uh, Nigel was the first to finish, 1 hour 38 minutes, 21 seconds. Then Kate, 1 hour 47 uh, minutes, 49 seconds. And then myself, uh, 1 hour 49 minutes and 40 seconds. It was a really good event that time. Really enjoyed it, actually. You're mixing with the big boys these days, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were, uh, as we said, there was some distance between me and him, although he passed on the side of the road at one stage. So, yeah, rubbing shoulders with the, uh, with the famous there. In terms of part runs, well, uh, New York part run, along with over 100 other part runs, was uh, cancelled this weekend uh, due to the uh, weather conditions and the conditions underfoot. But there were some still, still some part runs around, and we had people at the East Park part run, which I had to look up. It's in Wolverhampton, apparently. Doddington part run up near Lincoln, a new one, and uh, Braunston part run, which is uh, near Leicester. So we've got to come up there. Um, this weekend is the Retford Half, so we always have a really good turnout at the Retford Half, so there'll be plenty to talk about next week. And uh, Jackie Jackson, a newly qualified coach, if you don't mind, so well done, Jackie, is uh, making her debut at the Cambridge Half Marathon as a race angel. So maybe she'll tell you about that one day, but uh, essentially the race angels are a club or a group of people who volunteer to um, sometimes uh, take part in races. They'll pick a like, particularly nasty hill on a, a half marathon or a marathon and then... Uh, I run up the hill with people as they're uh, um, sort of flagging towards the end of the race, perhaps, and encourage them up towards the top. So that's the race signals, and I guess that Jackie will tell you all about that uh, at some point in the future. And um, and for me, that's really all I've got. Um, I've got a, had a busy week, and as usual, a busy weekend to come. So I'll tell you all about it next week. Enjoy the West Country, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Thanks Graham.
Bye. We've had all three tonight. We've had the Athletic Club, we've had Notfast, and we've had Striders. You see, we're nothing, if, if not fair to all these athletic clubs. Where does football come, Ernie, in the great Australian sports scene? They play a strange game over there. But I don't think even they understand the Australian rules. I think Adam has been a couple of times and he says it's just crazy. All they do is eat each other and fight. <laughs> we well, see, we've, we've spoken to... Um, your daughter and her partner on 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 this because they seem they like this thing that's called american football which is absolutely nothing like football whatsoever and is not really even a sport it's just a day out um <laughs> australian rules football is as you say it's just an excuse for a fight yeah <laughs> it's crazy my talking of football being a mansfield town supporter i'm not really uh <laughs> Qualified to speak about it, really. <laughs> I struggle with that because it, Tony's a Leeds United supporter, and he's definitely not qualified to talk to talk about football whatsoever. Um, but football is not top of the Australian sports priority list, is it? No, not at all. It's it's more cricket, golf, tennis, surfing, dodging the sun. <laughs> What else? Dodging the sharks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the snakes. But and the man-eating is, spiders. I mean, the football is, is, is quite low on their, their priorities. It was a wonderful five weeks. Could you live over there permanently? No, they don't have Radio Newark over there, so... <laughs> they do! <laughs> on the app. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do have listers in Australia. It, it, it's a wonderful country, both Australia and New Zealand. But I still live here, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. It was great being over there, but it was good to come back to uh, to the rest of the family and friends and, and the running club. And, uh, you know, because that, what, that's what makes you your life, sort of really. Come, come yes. back to England and it's yeah. full of the joys of spring, spring. you know. <laughs> There's no doom and gloom around at the moment, is there? And everybody's happy. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd have got on the first plane back to Australia, to be perfectly honest. The thing is, you, you no, have to come we're hardy. back. You have to come back to go somewhere else. Okay. Which That's true. Is, which, always says which, that. Which, which means there's something in the pipeline. Um, yes, we've got no. a weekend in, in the lakes with the running club, which is a walking weekend. That's in May. Yeah. I think that's it for the moment. Yeah. Yes. Have to see with after the um, coronavirus. See what see what's happening. So might be grounded for a while. You never know. <laughs> no. We're, Even we're, though we didn't go through Hong Kong or. Uh, uh, no, we checked anywhere. before we let so, you did in. You? Yeah, I thought you might do. <laughs> <laughs> we check that one out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Gareth. Um, Show with a difference. Absolutely. Australian sport, huh? yeah. Quick one, Australian athletics. I mean, every now and again they have somebody who's half good, but they're not that good, are they? No, no. Again, not. they were the first ones to bring in the Institute of Sport, and then they had a they had a quite a, a period of, of, of reasonable success. Well, of course, they, they've always been a top swimming nation, haven't they? Um, well, you know, we've already said you've got to swim fast because there's normally a shark behind you. Yeah. So that's probably one of their top top sports, I would say, uh, in at Olympic and Commonwealth and what have you level. The uh, big rivalry between the uh, 
uh, Canada, Australia, and uh, yeah, and America in the in the swimming. But, uh, Are you a rugby fan, Ernie? Do you like your rugby? Because again, they they play rugby of sorts over there. Yes, sir. I like rugby union. Not yeah, so much proper rugby. Yeah, yeah. proper yeah. rugby. Yeah. Not, no, I didn't mean the other stuff. Not so much league, but they they're very big on rugby league over there. Yeah, flat. So in Australia, I mean here for rugby league, you, it's statutory. You wear a flat cap and you've got to whip it with you. Yeah. Do you have to have that over there as well? We didn't see many. Not many whippets. No. Yeah, or flat caps. <laughs> yeah, well, rugby league is pretty much the same as Australian rules football and American football. It's not really the proper game, is it? Uh, I talk about rugby because tomorrow night's um, guest is Newark Rugby Club captain Will Britton. Mm-hmm. And um, not only have we invited Will in tomorrow night, we've invited his mum in as well. Because I wondered what it was like being a mum, watching your son, especially as injury-prone as he is, watching your son play rugby you're all right because you watch your offspring just run 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 there in all your you're an athletics mm. set up really aren't you so yes. that's not so bad but no i'd have thought watching rugby was uh nerve-wracking i should yeah, think yes. i think yes, so definitely. i wonder if it's any easier uh, gareth i wonder if it's any easier now will britain's captain of newark rugby club for mum to come and watch but she's going to tell us all about that well, tomorrow night but probably more pressure coming from a family with the surname of britain um yeah you, you yeah. must be fairly rugby yeah man. glenn was pretty good yeah, ex- ex- <laughs> exactly so uh that's tomorrow night um massive thanks to uh our holiday globe trotting couple here and it is absolutely lovely to see them back uh part running even if they couldn't get to newark park run on saturday because somebody reckoned the ground was unfit <laughs> and um, we went and to belton and closed it down and Be- belton's probably ran about one since you've been away that's been really? shut more more than yeah. not it's the first time that's been open mm. i think in about we, three we weeks we were surprised so we um, they, to do thank you so much for coming in Fine um before. really i've um, appreciated and of course we'll catch up with you on the uh, on the athletics circuit very soon as i've said already will Britton and his mum jackie are coming in tomorrow night massive thanks to gareth again for standing in for his lordship who is back in the studio again tomorrow tomorrow night we can't find a football match for him on a wednesday but I have tried. Coming up now, the wonderful Mr. Stuart Preston. Radio New World.